Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melniki, accompanied by Robert Kowalski, my favorite co-worker. How are you doing this afternoon? Well, this afternoon for me, this morning for you. How are you doing, Robert? Ali, I'm doing great. Thanks so much. Yeah, let's take a, a nice, good, deep dive into uh, week six of our NFL season. Yeah, we all know I'm going to brag in a minute. So let's, before I get into that, why don't you give us the betting trends for over the weekend? How are favorites? How did they fare? How about the overs versus unders? What are we looking at? Yeah, the favorites are uh, still leading uh, 53-37 and one push straight up on the year. Uh, but dogs are still leading 51-37 and three against the spread. That's 58%. Uh, home teams are 48-42 and one straight up with those two neutral site games. Uh, but road teams are still covering against the spread on the season. So, I mean, heck, four NFL underdogs won outright in the early Sunday slate, you know, highlighted with, you know, Pittsburgh upending Tom Brady and the Bucks, nine and a half point favorites. Steelers hadn't been that big a home dog since like 1970. I think it went back. Of course, there's the Jets upsetting the Packers at seven and a half point dogs. And then, uh, well, like, yeah, let's take a look here. Of course, there's the Giants. <laughs> and of then, of course, the Falcons. They also pulled the outright upsets. Uh, and it's um, it, it's been 9 of 13 games that went under this week. Uh, entering, of course, Monday Night Football, 60% of games this year have gone under the total. Yeah, and it was just a crazy morning. Well, afternoon, I had to get used to the game starting at 1 p.m. being on the East Coast again. But I will say I did okay in my picks this week. I was eight and five against the spread. A few, a few bad beats. I we I think we both like the jar the Jaguars against the Colts. Matt Ryan just had drank from the fountain of youth and and engineered a nice comeback for the Colts. I thought Carolina could cover. It looked like they were late in the game. They brought in Jacob Eason. He threw an interception in the end zone. Otherwise, they would have covered. But overall, a winning week is a winning week. And now I don't want to waste any more time, even though I'm not going to highlight the Giants yet. That's number two. But the big game of the weekend was the Bills and the Chiefs. It wasn't as high scoring, I don't think, at least what you and I thought. You and I both liked the over in the game, and it didn't really get anywhere near to breaking the over. But what did you think of the game between the Bills and the Chiefs, Robert? I guess the first and you know the first takeaway after seeing this game is, you know, there's no doubt the the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the NFL. Right. Yeah. So it's it doesn't matter where, under what conditions, what planet, you know, they're they're gonna put in their their max effort and it's going to be better than anybody else. Um, you know, we've got Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's basically been playing for like 10 straight years, just running people over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas City, I I mean, I don't understand it. You know, they they were completing like third and longs, like 50% of the time. It, it's like no problem. Let's, you know, just go ahead and, and and just get whatever we need yardage and just pick up that first down. And the Bills still beat that, right? So it's just really uh, an uncanny thing. And the yardage was definitely there. Uh, you know, Buffalo picked up 443 yards of offense against 387. Rushing yards almost doubled. It was a 125 to 68. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's... It's just a tight, tight game that, you know, at the, you know, at the buzzer, it's, it was Buffalo. Yeah. And I would say what impressed me the most about this game was actually the Bills defense. I know at one point the Chiefs did take the lead, but the Bills did what they were unable to do in the postseason last year. 
and they thwarted any chance Patrick Mahomes had about leading the Chiefs to a miraculous comeback. They made that pick when it mattered at the end. There wasn't going to be any overtime. There wasn't going to be any Chiefs scoring in, you know, 30 seconds or less, 13 seconds or less, I should say. They stepped up when they needed to step up. And for me, I couldn't be more impressed with this team. The Chiefs are probably, it's probably Bills 1, Chiefs 1A right over there in the in the AFC division. But the Bills, like you said, Robert, I couldn't have said it better myself. They are the best team in the NFL. I know the Eagles are undefeated, but if you had, if Robert, let me just ask you this. If the Eagles and the Bills were playing tomorrow, neutral site, what would you open the line at? That's that's not even a pause for like effect. That's actually me saying <laughs> like, uh, uh, neutral. So neutral, you know what? God, I was going to say pick. No, let me go Buffalo one. Oh, okay. See, I would have even given Buffalo like it was with Kansas City yesterday, minus two and a half. So one that's giving the Eagles a lot of respect. But even in that scenario, I don't think there's anything that could compel me to pick the Eagles over over the Bills. Not only do the Bills have a great defense, because the Eagles' defense is pretty good as well. It's, it's probably just as – maybe maybe it's the best in the NFC that we're seeing so far, and the Bills are the best overall in the league. But I think that this the difference to me, though, is still Josh Allen. Josh Allen just makes these plays, and I know Jalen Hurts has had a great year, but he makes these plays when with his legs, with his arm, you name it – he doesn't flinch. We saw even in the game yesterday, there was that, that tripping call that did not get called. He should have, it should have been a 15 yard penalty by Chris Jones. They kind of just let it punt away. The chiefs go ahead and take the lead and he's not faced. Josh Allen just marches down the field. Not only did he just march down the field, he had the perfect time management drive that just ate up so much clock left the chiefs with next to nothing. They had to burn all their timeouts. I mean, could you, is there a, a more polished team in this league than the Bills, Robert? Very difficult to find. You're right. It's, you know, we're we're six weeks into the season. We know the, the makeup and the general disposition of every, of every franchise, and it's going to be very tough to find a team more prepped to win a championship this year than Buffalo. Yeah. The, the, what, what do you think? Let's go on the Kansas City side. Was there anything the Chiefs did wrong in that game, or was it they just got outplayed by the better team? Yeah, no. I mean, I think more of the latter. Uh, you know, they they had two turnovers. Of course, we you know we, we talked about the uh, the INT. Buffalo did have two fourth down failures. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, third downs. You know, it was even. They had thirty six percent each on the on the conversions there. Kansas City missed that forty six yard field goal. I don't know if we want to you know, start to say, hey, they miss Harrison Butker. I mean, but well, they miss Harrison Butker. Uh, you know, both both teams are 50% in the red zone. So they just got beat by a better team. It's it's what you know what it comes down to. Yeah, I agree. I don't think the Chiefs did anything notably wrong in that game. They just the Bills are the better team. The spread was right on. I believe the Bills closed it. I think it was two and a half. They were favorites. And I thought that was the right line and the Bills ended up both winning and covering. So I think we are going to see these two teams meet in the playoffs, whether it be the AFC divisional round, however the seeding plays out, or the AFC championship. 
We're going to see another rematch. It'll probably most likely be in Buffalo, given that Buffalo, I don't know if Buffalo loses another game this year. I know they have a tough schedule, but they're looking pretty unbeatable and they seem to rise up against their top competition. They beat the defending champion Rams. They went ahead and defeated the Kansas city chiefs this past weekend. I, I, I honestly think that the bills it's basically super bowl or bust this year for them. And I don't see anyone else in the AFC minus the call. I minus the chiefs, the chiefs, they could still get better. There's still the trade deadline. We don't know what they're going to do, but this is the bills year for in my opinion. But let's move on because I can't wait any longer. We got to talk about the Giants and the Ravens. So before I go on my diatribe, Robert, what was your impressions of that game yesterday? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, quite the upset. The Giants, of course, uh, did very well converting on third down. Uh, They ended up getting uh, two turnovers picked up on Baltimore versus their one. I mean, they the Giants were helped by that, you know, late, you know, very cheap thirteen yard touchdown drive. Right. Baltimore did pick up four hundred six yards of offense, right? So their yard per play was seven to the Giants three point eight. But that just shows you the clock management that New York performed with. Uh, and they were outrushed two hundred eleven to eighty three. So uh, it's a misleading result. Um, and I'm wondering if future market pricing is going to, you know, likely reflect the yardage stuff here rather than the final score. Um, but, you know, bottom line is, you know, yeah, you could win with crappy stats as long as you move the chain and avoid your turnovers, right? Yeah, that, that's basically what it comes down to. I know I heard some haters in the Giants world say, well, you know, you did get lucky with that Lamar Jackson turnover. You got the touchdown at the end. It was, you had to get a pass interference call. But people forget that the Ravens' touchdown was on a delay of game. It should have been called. The play clock was at zero. It was the same scenario as when the Patriots played the Packers a few weeks ago. So I don't want to hear that we that we were the only one getting cheap calls because they got away with one too. But yeah. that was my one rant. My other, I'm going to go on and say, I don't want to hear that the Giants are pretenders anymore. Not only are we going to get better in the upcoming weeks, we signed Landon Collins. He's coming back. I think he will be effective returning to the Giants once he's off the practice squad. We still have Kadavius Town. He's going to get healthy. Uh, Kenny Galladay is going to get healthy. I don't know how effective he's going to be, but he's going to be healthy. Wayne Dell Robinson looks like he's going to be a great slot guy to compliment and take over for Sterling Shepard, who's no longer with them. And we're still getting healthier on defense. Aziz Ajulari was out yesterday. He's going to be back. We have a few other guys in the secondary that were out that's coming back. We're going to get back. And Robert, I've been, I, I wrote this too in my Monday morning recap blog. The Giants, they are the only team in the league that beat both number one seeds last year. They beat the Titans in week one. They beat the Packers last week. Not only that, and this was mentioned a lot yesterday too, They Daniel Jones just outplayed the, two, the last two MVPs in this league. He outplayed Aaron Rodgers last week, and he outplayed Lamar Jackson yesterday. I mean, is do do people have to realize this team isn't a pretender anymore? I mean, they're five and one. Uh, how, how could you... How can you say that they are? It's 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 silly to you know think about that that way. I mean, did we expect them to get here at the five? No, five, I didn't five even and one? Did we expect them to have five wins even on the season? Uh, you know that that's another thing that I thought was you know pretty remarkable to mention. It's it took them you know the entire season to get to to this win total last year. So I I think what we what we have here is just a, a wholesale buy in to 
the the coaching staff and and the schemes and everything that was put together, you know, leading up to this. And that's exactly what it is. If you you compare it, uh, you know, the Giants have had nothing but uh, injuries and and uh, issues to deal with, and they've done it. You know, as opposed to well, the Green Bay Packers, right? Who everyone expected them to pick up double digit wins this year. Uh, you know, they're three and three, and they're three and three, and you know, they've got injuries. It's just a matter of how you deal with it. And, and you, you find ways to win. That's what New York's been doing all year. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't have said that better myself. And if if anything, the, the thing about that about the Giants this year that is different from last year is it just doesn't feel like, you know, for lack of a better word, excuse my language, but a clusterfuck. I feel like we are getting great management starting at the top of the GM with Joe Schoen. And Brian and Brian Dable now as head coach, it doesn't feel like there's too much chaos in the building. It feels more buttoned down, more organized, more polished. And I think that is very effective on the players. And case in point, even though he hasn't played yet, but Landon Collins returning to the Giants, he said two weeks ago or last week, was it that he left the organization because of David Gettleman? And I know David Gettleman did alienate a lot of players and we had a lot, a lot of frustrations in free agency because people didn't want to play for him. They didn't buy into the coaching staff and I can't blame them. Now New York is a destination again for free agents, for other guys to come and want to play. And whether or not we end up riding this out this year and making the playoffs, making a wild card run, or if we just barely miss out on the playoffs, we have a lot of optimism for years to come. Can you agree with that, Robert? No, no, absolutely, no doubt. And uh, they're obviously very set with what they have, the pieces that are there right now. And I don't see a reason to, you know, tinker with what you got. I mean, it's, yeah, of course, like I said, everyone's going to have injuries. And you know, the Giants have their the vast majority of them. Uh, and they're still finding ways to win. Uh, it, it's, I mean, we look at their schedule the rest of the year. Ali, this is insane. I, I think oh. there's a chance they can keep rattling off win after win after win. They, yep. I mean, I'm looking at nine wins already, uh, and that's very possible. I mean, it's, you know, games against Jacksonville, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, which I did install them as a dog. I guess we could talk about that later in the week. Uh, they'll be at Seattle before the bye. Houston, They'll be a favorite. Detroit, they'll be a favorite. Uh, and then there's the dreaded rematch in week 12 against Dallas. But they're they're definitely staring down nine wins. Yeah, I mean, they still have to play Washington twice. Washington's in a free fall. You do still have to play the Eagles twice. I understand that. The Eagles, you are also playing, though, with the benefit the last game of the season. So whether or not the Philadelphia rest their starters or not, we'll get to that in a few months. But before we talk about the Ravens a little more, because I don't want to just brush over the Ravens. Sure. Robert. I'm still hearing a lot of doubt with Daniel Jones. But for me, when I watched the game yesterday, there was a different Daniel Jones I noticed yesterday. I saw him step up in the pocket a lot more on third, not only on third down, third and long, and make the necessary passes, whether it was to Robinson, Slayton, but Bellinger stepped up a lot yesterday. To me, Daniel Jones is just improving week after week. And he's giving, he really isn't giving the staff a reason to say, He's not our guy. What are you, what are you seeing from Daniel Jones right now? I think that uh, any discussion of him not getting re-upped uh, 
is is foolish. Uh, he's you know done everything that they've asked of of him, uh, and, and he's I think you know we talked about uh, you know has he reached expectations? Has he not? He's gone well beyond expectations, yeah. uh, and, and I think that he's the main reason why uh, they're doing what they have. I mean, they're you got to get to 20, 25 points to have a chance at winning, uh, you know, games this year. And, and that's all he's done is put him in a position to win. Yes. And without, without top receivers and as much as you want to give credit to Saquon Barkley and he deserves a ton of credit, but there's been a lot of games this season where Saquon's quiet the entire first half, or maybe just rattles one big impressive run. So his numbers may be a little misleading, but this is Daniel Jones's team. He's really, he's, he's showing true leadership. I'm often critical of say like Derek Carr of the Raiders. Cause I don't think he shows true leadership. Daniel Jones shows through leadership and he has the clubhouse behind him. So I got to give him all the credit there, but let's talk about the Ravens too, before we move on to the next game. Now, Robert, after, since Lamar's had that hot start, he's kind of struggled the past few weeks. He struggled yesterday, had a huge interception. He fumbled at the end. That was another huge turnover. He did okay against the Bengals last week. Not great. He was held to under 200 passing yards. And the week before, he threw that costly interception against the Bills. Are we kind of seeing a little crack in Lamar's game this year? Our defense is starting to find ways to expose him. Yeah, I, I think they are. And it's there's so much that he can do to, to, to rescue or drive. Uh, Mark Andrews is pretty much, you know, his, his go-to target. If it's not him... It's, you know, look for a way to, to pick up, you know, some yards, you know, outside of the pocket. But the Giants prepared for his game plan. Uh, and, you know, if, if other teams want a chance at victory against Baltimore, uh, it's much of the same. Uh, you know, make sure you do as much outside containment as possible. Keep him inside the pocket. Make his arm beat you. Uh, you know, and, and if you, know, you go ahead and make sure that you, you lock down Mark Andrews, you're not going to get a, a positive result. I don't think Baltimore is going to be good for anywhere, uh, you know, north of 17, 18 points, if that's what you do. It's, it's formula on how to beat Baltimore. Yeah, and this is my case, which I was never high on Lamar Jackson as other people were, but this is my case why I understood the Ravens not giving him that contract he wanted. He needs to show not only that he could win because he hasn't been good in the postseason, but he needs to show he's not prone to these mistakes when you take away his number one target, like you said, and that's Mark Andrews. And we just talked about how Daniel Jones is winning with next to nothing. Well, <laughs> I'm sure Daniel Jones would love to have a Mark Andrews. I'm sure he would love to have Rashad Bateman, who did not play yesterday, I understand. But over any of the other guys that the Giants trotted out in the wide receiver position yesterday. And Lamar's still not winning with them. So unless Lamar turns it around, this has always been my fear with running quarterbacks. As you get older, you, you, you just, it's genetics. It's how you age. You're not as fast as you were. You're not, you're not as quick. You're more prone to injury. So I understand the Ravens not, not, or being hesitant to give Lamar that contract. That said, before we move on to the next game, Robert, do you think Lamar's still going to get paid? Or you think that some, that these games are going to start to hurt his value a little bit? No, uh, he's he's gonna get paid uh because Baltimore is a smart franchise. He has to get paid. Uh, you know, we'll, we could look at you know teams and obviously it's 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 what you need to succeed. It it all starts at you know at, at the quarterback position. So doing away with him not only will you know discredit Baltimore, it'll destroy their franchise. You, you need to have a key quarterback to win in this league. 
uh, and they have one. They have one that's a top five quarterback in this league. Pay him. The money's there. The cap space is there. Get it done, Baltimore. Yeah, I agree. They are going to end up having to pay him because right now, like you said, there's no better guy on the market for him. So they're going to, even if he's, he's, even if he doesn't make the playoffs for the Ravens, which I don't think is the case, I still think the Ravens are going to get in the playoffs, but you're not going to make a case that anyone is better out there. Though I will say, you know, buyer beware. You look at what the Broncos are feeling right now with Russell Wilson. Just keep that in mind. Just beware. Right. Right. But let's move on to the Jets and the Packers, which was a total surprise for me. Packers were one of my best bets this week. I They look terrible, Robert. I don't think there's any other way to say they just they didn't look like a football team, that offense out there. What were your thoughts of the game? Is it panic time now in Green Bay? <laughs> yeah, it's um, a little weird, right? I mean, they they won as a, the Jets won as a seven-point dog, 27-10. They won yards per play. 5.2 to 4, outrushed him dramatically, 179 to 60. And we'll talk about Brees Hall in a moment. Um, Green Bay, three fourth down failures. Uh, you know, it, it's it's really, really weird. Uh, even though the Jets only picking up one out of 11 third down attempts, uh, you know, they were helped by the block punt return for a touchdown. Right. I suppose if you're only just like scoreboard watching the Jets, were not nearly as sharp as a scoreboard made it seem. Um, you know, they had some nice runs, two big touchdown drives of 74 and 66 yards. Uh, but uh, the passing game, right? We're just talking about <laughs> we're just talking about Jackson, and I don't know what Zach Wilson's up to here. Uh, I mean, it's it is a great result, right? You know, they're they're four and two straight up on the year. The Jets are uh, second team to have a, a winning record through six games, despite being an underdog in every game, uh, you know, since the dawn of the Super Bowl era. Um, and yet I still don't think they have a championship caliber yet, Allie. No, not at all. I, I don't think that they're for real. I don't think we'll get into this segment later on about contender or pretender, but I, I don't think they're up there. Brees Hall, I was high in Brees Hall from when they drafted him out of Iowa State. I, I, I did his highlights a few years ago when I was at Fox. He was only, I forget if he was a freshman or sophomore, but I was even impressed by them by him then. The kid can he can catch, he can he's a multifaceted running back. We saw yesterday 20 carries, well over a hundred yards. This guy is carrying their offense. It's not Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is basically they're just telling him to go out there and not make a mistake. And then on the other end, the defense. Sauce Gardner, give the guy credit. He has a big mouth, but he's living up to his reputation. He could He's probably the front runner right now for defensive player of the year, I would say. I think the Jets, they do have a future ahead of them if they build on this rookie class. They're probably, I, I don't see this sustaining. Like you said, the box score was misleading. A lot of their wins are fluky wins. They, they took over the, they beat the Steelers when the Steelers had to throw Kenny Pickett in as his first career career appearance in the NFL they were fortunate to face the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson after Teddy Bridgewater got injured on the first play of the or first drive of the game Dolphins were missing a few guys in their defense like Xavier Howard that game too and their win against the Browns Browns obviously still don't have Deshaun Watson that was just a weird win that they were able to compile behind Joe Flacco so I'm definitely not buying the Jets either. But let's go back real quick to, to Green Bay. Robert, is there anything this team can do before the trade deadline that can better the team? Like, do they have to basically get a top receiver or at least 
a middle of the line receiver to help Aaron Rodgers in the offense? There's no um I don't know what 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 to make of of Green Bay because we're so used to them being perennially, you know, division champs. Uh everything that that is Packers is 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 Aaron Rodgers and, and his touchdown passes, and it's just not happening this year. I mean, look, the sky's not falling yet. They've got three wins in three, you know, in, in six games, but there's there's no more deep threat. Um, every pass that I, that that Rodgers is looking for on his first and second option is like seven to ten yards out, um, and it's it's a different game. It's a different game in Green Bay right now, and I and I don't know if they're doing it right. If they realize that it's okay, they just don't have the weapons offensively, you know, from you know the wide receivers and, and tight ends, then run, run the ball. If, if you, you've got you know two RB ones on the team. Uh, and, and you're just not using them. So it's it's really strange that, you know, with the game being played the way it is, I, I figured that at the very least, we would probably see um, we, we'd see some kind of a rushing attack. And instead, it's, it's the Jets that were doing all the running. Yeah. It, it, for me, Green Bay, I'm not saying they can't write the ship. They get to play the Commanders this week, which if they lose the, the Commanders after how the Commanders have been playing just God bless that team. I mean, the, they, they can't lose to Washington because then you have the bills the week after you can't go into the bills with a three game losing streak. They have a two game losing streak. Now you lose to the commanders and you have to go play in Buffalo. Your season's done. I don't care if Ann Rogers is the QB, your season's done. They got to figure a way how to write that offense. I'm not going to totally, the defense isn't totally blameless. They blew the game against the giants last week. But the offense, they're just, they don't have the same, they don't install, I said it last week, they don't install the same fear as they have the past few seasons. And I don't know if Devonta, if it's just Devontae Adams leaving, but they haven't really utilized A.J. Dillon and and Jones for that matter. Aaron Jones for that matter. I, I don't know why. I don't know if Matt LaFour is starting to get into his in over his head too much and he really can't deal with adversity. But the Packers definitely need, need to write it soon. That being said, another team that right needs to write it soon is the Bucks, and we saw Tom Brady just screaming at his offensive line on the bench yesterday. You mentioned at the beginning of the episode the Bucks and the Steelers. That was the biggest upset of the weekend's point spread wise. So with the Bucks and Steelers, Robert, let me ask you this because we give the Steelers credit. Mitch Trubisky came in, he did very well. I think he was nine for twelve. He had a touchdown, one hundred forty-four yards. But this was a Bucks, more of a Bucks loss to me than the Steelers. The Steelers were missing their top three cornerbacks, I believe. Their secondary was just demolished. I really thought, even though I took the Steelers, I didn't change my pick. I thought they would still at least color. But what's going on with the Bucks, Robert? Is it should Tom Brady have stayed retired, or is it really not Brady's fault? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I mean, after <laughs> the first game of the year. That Sunday night football game, we're like, yep, here we go. Brady's back. Everything's good. You know, you know, kicking Dallas tail. It was no, no problem. Let's, you know, march on and make it to the playoffs and beyond. And oh, everyone's betting them in futures. It's just you know, same old Tom Brady, same old Bucks. And uh, forget about covering uh, an almost double digit point spread against Pittsburgh. Uh, why can't they score 20 points? The Bucs can't score anymore. I mean, 
you know, if, if I pour into it, they did win, you know, third downs, you know, 47 to 29%. Rushing was kind of the same, 77 to 75. Although, again, this is not the mark of a championship team. If you can't get 100 yards rushing, um, you're, you're, you're not built to win. Um, they have one yardage, 304 to 270. Uh, they didn't get any turnovers. It's just an odd, odd mix. I just think Brady's just out of sorts, Allie. Yeah, I don't know if it's the divorce or whatever. I really don't want to get into his personal life, but he doesn't look like the same Tom Brady. He's very much, what's the word I'm looking for? He's just very short-circuited nowadays. It feels like everything's just bothering him. He doesn't seem calm on the sideline. I've never seen him chew, that, chew out other teammates like he did yesterday to his offensive line. I don't know what it is. I don't know if Bruce Arians leaving the leaving the coaching staff to go to the front office, if they lost a sense of stability, if Todd Bowles really just is sitting there and let, trying to let Brady run it all. I don't know how that works, but there's something wrong with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they're in a division where they're lucky that a lot of the teams are are not good. The Saints are not good. The Panthers are the worst team in the league. The Falcons, surprisingly, are an upstart team, but there's no way the Falcons can possibly win that division title, Robert, or could they? What do you think? Uh, right, yeah, it's a good point. Look, Tampa Bay is going to win the division, right? That's that's the bottom line. Atlanta, well, you know, they're, they're a sports book. So, uh, well, I guess depending on the side of the counter you're on, either <laughs> it's nightmare or, uh, or, or best friend, because uh, they're just a covering machine. I think it's um, – I, I think Tampa wins the division – but after that, uh, we could be seeing uh, one of the earliest exits from the playoffs from uh, Tampa and Tom Brady in a very, very long time. Oh, I love if the Giants played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the wild card round. I know how the Giants do against Tom Brady in the postseason. Ah, yes. yes. <laughs> let's, let's get another helmet catch for that game. Yes. But let's move on to the last game I wanted to highlight because it was the last game of the night. It was pretty, I thought it was pretty entertaining, the Cowboys and the Eagles. I really didn't have any team that I wanted to root for. I just wanted to see a good game. But the Eagles did emerge triumphantly over the Cowboys. If anything came out of that game last night, I think everyone that thought Cooper Rush might be challenging Dak Prescott to the starting job, they were silent. Cooper Rush did not have a good game. He threw three interceptions. A few of them were critical. So, Robert, let me ask you this, Cowboys and Eagles. Are the Cowboys now ready to say, Dak, we need you, come back? Yeah, let's let's look. Like I, like I said, from the from, from the first time that we knew he was out and Cooper Rush was the quarterback, he did a good job of, of, of manning the position. He did what he had to do, managed the game well. Let's just calm down with the – the Cooper rush mm-hmm. where we're all good. You know, Dak will be ready when he is might be week seven, might be week eight or nine, but he'll come back and then he'll pick up the pieces with whatever's left. I mean, here's, this is, we had some really wild sports wedding Twitter reactions to this game. And I, I, I think that there's a little bit of, I mean, Philly is kind of being treated like a juggernaut when they were building up that lead, mm-hmm. but when I'm looking at the box score here at the end, this one's the this one's a little weird, right? I mean, they they won, they covered Philly. Uh, rushing was pretty close, one thirty six to one thirty four. Uh, but the the big one was the turnovers, right? Uh, Philly, you know, induced three turnovers and they didn't turn the ball over at all. You're going to win most of the time when that happens. Dallas also had that fourth down failure. 
but Dallas won yardage 315 to 268. Eagles had 268 yards of offense, and, and that's 3.9 yards per attempt. So that's quite, quite low. I was kind of stunned to see 268 yards on that 3.9 YPP in the final box. So I, I guess we should just be careful to overreacting to short bursts of points. Maybe, maybe the Eagles aren't as good as we think they are, Allie. I don't think they are. I just actually looked this up before the, the before we jumped on this podcast. The Eagles have scored 112 points in the second quarter of the season. Th- that's ridiculous. And that's the majority of their scoring. We saw a few weeks ago when they played Washington, they only scored in the second quarter. Yesterday, the majority of their points, only the second quarter. There's something about the second quarter in the Eagles that are just going their way. I don't understand it, but but l- listen to this. In the, in the second quarter this year, the Eagles have scored 24, 17, 24, and 20 points in the second quarter. That's ridiculous. There's something about the second quarter that if you can manage to keep the Eagles out of the end zone in the second quarter, you're probably going to beat them. I don't think the Eagles are as good as they are as good as everyone makes them out to be. Like you said, they have an easy schedule though, going ahead. So it's hard to really pinpoint when they are going to lose maybe to the New York giants, just saying, but it, it to me, they, they beat up. I, I looked at their schedule and they did beat the Vikings that Monday night game. Kirk cousins had a miserable game. We know Kirk cousins doesn't do well in prime time. But Robert, have the Eagles really beat anyone that like anyone of no? I know they just beat the Cowboys yesterday too, but again, Cooper Rush gave them three interceptions. Do you think the Eagles are overrated? I don't think they're overrated. No, I I think they're still championship caliber, uh, and and I put them in a group just below Buffalo, and well, I guess just below Buffalo, right? Because Buffalo beat Kansas City, and I think that the Eagles would be on a neutral. Uh, they would be a favorite over Kansas City. So if we pair if we pair it down and we look at the rest of their schedule, they're they've got double digit, you know, high double digit win totals for the rest of the year. After the bye week here coming up, they'll be almost a two touchdown favorite hosting Pittsburgh, almost a, a double digit favorite at Houston, double digit favorite hosting Washington. Uh, they'll be a favorite on the road at Colts, favorite hosting Green Bay. Favorite hosting Tennessee, uh, favorite at New York Giants, favorite at Chicago, uh, about a pick them at Dallas, uh, and then a favorite against the Saints. And then, uh, oh, crap, we're looking at almost double-digit favorites uh, hosting the Giants in the final week of the year. Yeah, so, it, it's insane. Wins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're definitely going to go over the win total. But to me, it was it was the criticism I had last year with the Eagles when they made the playoffs. I just feel like they beat up on bad teams a lot, and then when they face a good team like you, uh, like I shouldn't say good, but an elite team like you saw when they faced the Bucks in that wild card game, they're just totally overpowered. And I'm a little lower on them than you are. I, I don't I do think they're good. I do think they're overrated though. I don't think they're the best team in the league. I think by default, they're the best team in the NFC right now because there really is no better team in the NFC and they did beat the Vikings, so you have to do it by default. But it's still a long season. Jalen Hurts, while he did decent yesterday, he wasn't the explosive Jalen Hurts that we usually see. He only threw for 155 yards. So I'm just saying there's still kryptonite in this team and some someone's going to figure it out. 
But let's move on to the next round we have. We did highlight the five marquee games I wanted to talk about. But this is a new segment I wanted to introduce because I got so tired yesterday of hearing the Giants were a pretender, not a contender. So I was like, let's just do a round about that. So, Robert, I'm going to give you a team, and you got to tell me. And this team, they probably have overperformed to start the year. But you need to say whether they are contenders for real that we should take seriously or they're still pretenders. They're just on a hot streak. They're still going to be a top 10 draft pick in, in when it comes to the NFL draft. Ready for this one? So, okay, I get the pretender part, but contender, like for the chip or playoffs? Playoffs, for sure. Okay, perfect. I'm ready. All right. Well, we'll start with the first one, New York Giants. Absolutely contender. Uh, they're 5-1. and one. Like I said, they've, they've already outpaced last year's season win total. Uh, they've bought in to everything that the coaching staff has put in front of them. They've far exceeded anything that anyone could possibly say, including all the injuries that they have. Uh, absolutely contender. Yeah, totally. I'm not even going to say any more about it because I've talked about the Giants enough, but absolutely 100% contender. Now let's go on to the next New York team, Robert. New York Jets, contender or pretender? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, pretender. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, not, not yet. No, 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 not yet. You're too young. No, come back later. <laughs> I totally agree with you as well. I still think that they are pretenders. I think that they've beaten three of the, two of their three or three of their four wins have come against teams that had either injury issues or something, some other kind of ailment. They've only really beat one, one starting one legit starting quarterback in this league. And that was Aaron Rodgers yesterday. And why I give them a ton of credit. I just need to see a little bit more consistency from their passing game. I think their defense is underrated. I do think their defense is good. But they are in the AFC. There's still at least eight or nine more teams I would say would make the playoffs over them. So I am going to say pretender as well. All right, next one, Robert, contender or pretender? The Seattle Seahawks. Oh, no, no, no. They're entertaining. I can't believe they're they three, three. They just love scoring in bunches, and they, they got themselves a really great scrappy win uh, last week. Uh I got a lot of friends in Seattle. Pretender. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You pretend. Come back later. Yes, you with the Giants, uh, with the Jets. I'm sorry. Come back next year. <laughs> we are three for three on this one. Geno Smith is a nice story. He seems to have a nice revitalization in his career. They do have some nice young talent, especially on the defensive end. Woolen is a good is a good guy in the secondary. Kenneth Walker looks like he's going to be a running back for them for years to come. Pete Carroll, I think this is more of a showboating year for him that he is better without Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson didn't make him. He made Russell Wilson. So I agree with you that they are pretender this year. They Their wins, again, a little fluky wins, but they needed 48 points, I believe, to beat Detroit. They faced Arizona, who we still think is in free fall, and DeAndre Hopkins still wasn't playing. So I'm going to say pretender as well. How about, Robert, the Atlanta Falcons, contender or pretender? All right, so if, if this was for uh, against the spread, they are the champs. <laughs> the champs. Uh, look, they it just doesn't matter. I mean, Sanford, look, they played a Niners team that doesn't resemble anything from their week one 
roster. Um, they, they, they controlled the line of scrimmage. They picked up yards anytime they wanted. Uh, rushing was never a problem for them. Uh, but you pretend. Yes, you pretend. I know you're three and three, but you are pretenders. <laughs> there. I'm going to go out a limb and say contender. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at their schedule. They play the Bengals this week, which which is let's be honest, this is going to be a loss. But then two other of their next three games, they play the Panthers twice. Who I don't think the Panthers win another game this season. So that's two wins right there. The Chargers, I don't think the Chargers are as good as people think they are. That could be a toss up in Atlanta. I think the Falcons beat the Bears at home. I definitely think the Falcons beat the Commanders. Can't, Commanders just can't score. So I'm going to say based on their schedule, I think they have an outside shot of making the playoffs. So I'm going to say they are contenders, at least for now. I might be wrong in a few weeks, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say I think that they this team is young. They, they're frisky. They're playing with passion. I'm going to say that the Falcons are contenders. And then the last one we have, Robert, is the Jacksonville Jaguars, contender or pretender. Okay, this one you saved the hardest for last. I did. I made it. That was the strategy on my part. (laughs) So they lose to the Colts. Ah, boy. Drive. I mean, they they got so many yards per play. It's just that they they allowed the Colts to run like seventy five plays. They got outrushed drastically. Uh, so weird. I mean, we kind of saw this coming, with, but the Colts ended up still winning. You're two and four after six games. One more year again. Uh, pretender. Yeah, 100% agree with that, too. I think they are pretenders. I don't want to even spend a long time on this. They beat the Washington Commanders. Well, no, the Commanders beat them. The Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Colts when the Colts were missing almost their entire roster. They beat the Chargers. When the Chargers were missing a lot of key players and Justin Herbert wasn't 100%, I'm going to say the Jaguars are are big pretenders, not even little pretenders. I think that they still have a few years to go. <laughs> All right. And then before we close out for the day, we're going to do the ever popular buy or sell segment. I've got a lot of good ones for you, Robert. So get ready. Maybe you need to sit down for this one. <laughs> All right, Robert. First one. <laughs> okay. I know. I know. I'm going to give you a minute. Get ready. All right. Buy or sell. The Packers will miss the playoffs. Oh my I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not even starting. I'm going to beat up like that. I mean, I'm looking at the clock. It's only 11:45. Is that okay for bourbon? I mean, uh, <laughs> if you're uh, in Green Bay, it is. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, oh. you know what? You're not winning the division. That's going to be Minnesota. Minnesota's going to win the division this mm-hmm. year. And so now you need a wild card. And you need 10 wins. I'm going to say you need 10 wins. So you go got to rattle off seven with at Washington. That's one. At Buffalo, no. At Detroit, yeah. Dallas, no. Tennessee should be. I think they get upset with Tennessee, so we still have two. At Philly, no. At Chicago's three. Rams, no. Wait, no, I'll give it to them. At Miami, no. Minnesota, 
they lose, and then I, well, okay, that's it. Nope, they're not making the playoffs. <laughs> I got five more I wins. Hope, I hope that's uh, not enough. I hope Mark Thomas isn't listening to this, but I'm gonna agree with you. There's nothing. No, 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 about- Mark, Mark, you're too busy. You're too busy this week. You can't listen to this episode. <laughs> No, but but I think it's it's hard for me to look at this team and how they played. Like I said, even in their wins, I'll give them the Bears. The Bears just aren't a good team. They could have easily lost to the Bucs if the Bucs converted that two-point conversion. Even against the Patriots, if the Patriots were went for that field went for that fourth down in overtime, they probably kick a field goal and beat the Packers. I don't think the Packers have it this year. I, I really whiffed on them. I thought the Packers, this would be Aaron Rodgers' year where he would step up where he would show them that he didn't need Devontae Adams, where he was entering the season a little more humbled, no controversy. But I honestly think that they are going to miss the playoffs. And I'll be so bold to say Matt LaFour gets fired at the end of the season because I don't think him and Rodgers have ever saw eye to eye, but they were just winning and they didn't have a reason to fire him. But I have a feeling that we have seen the last of Matt LaFour this season if they don't make the playoffs. That's just if they don't make the playoffs. So let's go on to the next buy or sell, Robert. Buy or sell. The Panthers will have the number one pick in the NFL draft. I'm buying all of that. Give me, give me every, every ounce of that. The team is done. They, uh, they've wrapped up their season. They're going to just play out the string. Uh, and I think that's the performance that they had. I mean, look. Um, we don't have to talk about the quarterback woes. We already know they've got that. They look helpless with Walker or Eason. Uh, Steve Wilkes blew up the team with with Robbie Anderson, who's no longer a Panther as of just like an hour ago. Yeah, he got traded to Arizona, so they're they're done. Um, enjoy, uh, uh, yeah, it's CJ Stroud time. There we go. <laughs> enjoy it. That's their team is bad. I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to be on the team after the trade deadline. I think that they're going to unload him to a good team and get all the picks they can. I basically think that they're just, they're going to be like the teams of the past. They're just tanking to get the number one pick at this point. The team just looks so unmotivated and it's a shame because there are some good guys on the team. DJ Moore is just getting wasted there. I mentioned McCaffrey's getting wasted there. Their defense is so much better than their offense should be. This is such a poorly run organization. Matt Rule, if anything, he's thanking that he got fired because he doesn't have to wake up on Sunday and endure this anymore. But I am 100% buying. They will have the number one pick in the NFL draft. All right, the next buy or sell, Robert. The NFL will allow delay of game challenges next season. Oh, it's a progressive league. Yep. Right. Um, they are always looking to improve this, but this is, <laughs> this is an ironic one, isn't it, Ali? Uh, we're talking about delays of game, uh, which, uh, you know, you're, you're slowing down the game. That's the exact, you know, definition of what you're saying. Right, exactly. Uh, but you're going to challenge it, which adds more time to the clock. I don't know. Uh, if, if I'm on a commission, I um I say pish posh on this. No, I will not accept this. I will uh I will not accept any delay of game challenge. <laughs> it's slow enough already. <laughs> so I'm gonna sell this right now. But if we see something in the playoffs, like we saw in the Giants yesterday, like we saw with the Packers Patriots a few weeks ago, and there have been other examples, I just can't think of them off the top of my head. But if there is a play a a position in a playoff game where you see a delay of game being so egregious 
that it gives a team the advantage and that said team ends up winning, they're going to, they're going to visit this. Anything that happens in the playoffs is so, is so magnified. We saw with the overtime change this year, we saw a few years ago when they tried to say, yeah, you could challenge, uh, what was it, you know, pass interference calls that didn't end up working out. Mm -hmm. They still did it. If, if something happens like this in the playoffs, you're going to see this get brought up and possibly implemented. So I'm going to sell for now, but there's a very good chance that I'll buy later on. All right, Robert, the next one, buy or sell. Tom Tom Brady will retire for good after this season. (laughs) (laughs) I said he was going to retire 10 years ago, and he's still playing. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm buying. This is it. This is it. Um, sorry, Tom. You should have. You should have left when the going was good. Um, this is not. This is not exactly how you expected your season to go. The team's pretty loaded. Lots of offense. Uh, defense is 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 built to win a championship. You're three and three. Still have a chance to to make noise and make it into the playoffs. Because uh, you're going to win the division. Um, so. Make this last season count, Tom. You're out. <laughs> yeah, I buy this one too. I agree with you. He should have stayed retired. I think this year is going to be so grueling and so taxing on him, not just for what he's going to ha- encounter on the field, but his personal life. Again, I don't want to bring that too much into this podcast, but I think finally at the end of the year, he's going to hang up his cleats. He's going to go into Fox's broadcast booth, get paid still millions and millions of dollars. And this is it for him. This, he should have retired probably after he won that Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. Even last year, at least you go out on top, still division champs, still in the play, still having at least one playoff win. But he got a little greedy. He came back. This isn't the season he wanted. So he's going to hang it up after this year. But who knows? He might just be Tom Brady and said, I had a terrible year. I'm going to come back even better next year and prove us all. <laughs> do that. Maybe 12. Yep. There you go. <laughs> All right, Rob. You know what? I I was telling my friend, I'm like, you know, Tom Brady should have just changed his number every year for how old he was. Like, he should be like 45 this year, just so like we don't forget. That's <laughs> always been playing, but he's always going to be TV 12, so that wouldn't work. All right, Robert. Last one before we end the podcast for the day. Buy or sell. The Cardinals will turn their season around when De- DeAndre Hopkins returns this Thursday night. Oh, um, hey, could I? Let me add on to that. Yeah, good. Uh, they will. I am buying it, but not because of just D-Hop. Uh, I think that, well, I mean, look, they lose Marquise Brown. He's out for the year. Let's, let's not mince words. You're not coming back from that foot injury. So he's out for the year, but you get back DeAndre Hopkins and now Robbie Adams. Mm-hmm. So I am buying uh for that reason so yeah i uh definitely because of, of hopkins but also i think robbie anderson definitely has a positive impact on it um they definitely turn their season around it's um you know not the way they expected it it, it looked like it was going to be a, a really great division it's kind of turned into not quite so uh but they've got to act fast because they are playing thursday night um you know, two wins in six games isn't going to make anyone happy. Uh, but, you know, they're playing a, a similarly challenged Saints team that are two and four. I think they get the win this Thursday night. Um, 
and with the help of Hopkins and now Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I, I will agree with you in the sense that I do think that they turn their season around, but I still don't think they make the playoffs. I think they finish kind of where we thought they would about in the seven, eight win mark. So it won't be a totally disastrous season. Yes. I think DeAndre Hopkins is such a big playmaker that Kyler Murray can just throw it up wherever he wants to, and DeAndre Hopkins will make the play. Robbie Anderson compliments that deep threat that they need just to go down in the field more, spread it out. So, yes, I think they will turn their season around. They won't be as much of a dumpster fire we've seen these first six weeks, but they still won't make the playoffs. So, anyway, I don't want to give you any more buy or sells because I know right now you're probably reaching for that uh, scotch bottle. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that was a great episode we've had. Uh, I'm excited to watch another football game tonight. I hope it's a little close. Uh, before we go, Robert, who are you taking tonight with the Chargers and the Broncos? Let me tell you what. If I have to see the Denver Broncos on primetime one oh more time this year, I'm going <laughs> to – well, go ahead and fill in the blanks. I'll just go dot, dot, dot right there. Uh, three and two chargers take the money. Uh, they definitely cover the spread. It's only four right now everywhere. The total set to 45 and a half. Uh, chargers definitely get the win in the cover here. I agree with that. There's nothing that could compel me to to bet the Broncos until they show me. Otherwise I'm at the point in the season where I am every year where, unless it like the Panthers. Now I'm never going to bet the Panthers again, unless they show me. Otherwise I'd rather be wrong betting against them than wrong betting with them. So I'm with you. I agree. The Chargers, I think I'm going to take the under as well. So before we do sign off, though, Robert, do you have any last thoughts or advice to share with the audience? Uh, it's it's just, an, you know, look, after now we have six weeks, you could probably look at, you know, positioning yourself. If you really find some value, you probably can't find a better time than right around now to look into future pools. Uh, not only to win the Super Bowl, but to win uh, your respective conferences. You could probably still find some really juicy prices on teams that, as we just discussed during this podcast, are underperforming. You're going to find a really highly inflated value. Uh, and who knows? I mean, right now, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Tampa. Tampa's 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, and another looks like 12 to 15 to win the conference. I mean, they're three and three. I just said they're going to win the division. Mm -hmm. Maybe they do get healthy. Uh, you know, is it worth, you know, getting 15X on that idea? Maybe it might be. Uh, so definitely, uh, you know, as we go week to week, we love to, you know, handicap each game from a better perspective. But without a doubt, you know, don't forget about the future pools as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. I tend to stay away from futures during the midseason. If anything, I like to take a look at them at the beginning of the season, but this is definitely a good time to do it. You've seen, we just talked about who you think are pretenders who are, who are actual contenders. So take a shot. And again, we thank you all for joining Robert and I will be back later this week to discuss the games for week seven in the NFL. We're getting close to the midway mark. More teams are going to have buys this week. We're going to start seeing a lot more division matchups. Those are always fun to see. We do have an interesting Thursday night game with the Cardinals and the Saints. DeAndre Hopkins will be back. They'll have their new addition, Robbie Anderson, playing. So Robert and I will be able to preview all of that. So thank you again, everyone, for joining, and we will see you next episode. Bye-bye.